Greetings, D&D players, enthusiasts, and observers alike, and welcome to Chronicles of Kriath. My name is Emma, and I will be your DM today and every day that this wonderful campaign exists. This is the third of our four prequel sessions that will help introduce you to all the characters separately before they come together as a party. And so, without further ado, I am going to pass you guys off to Andrew so that he can introduce himself and his character, Thalthu. Hello, hello. I am Andrew. Uh, yes, I'll be playing the reborn lizard folk, the Althu. Cleric and Druid, both star-themed, with being the Circle of Stars and Twilight Cleric subclass. Although it's going to take you a couple levels to get there. <laughs> well, I do start with it, no? To, uh, as three, I get, luckily, do get both subclasses at start. Wait, seriously? <laughs> oh, yeah, because at level one Cleric, you pick your, div- your Divine Domain. At level two Druid, you get your Circle. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. That's why I had the crazy dark vision from the cleric from Eyes of Night. Uh, and right. then I was able to use the wild shape for the starry form. Right, right. No, I didn't do that. I cast a spell. Yeah, I, I was going to say you didn't use the starry form in the pre- in the session zero. Yeah, I used, uh, I used guidance, but I had him trace the stars. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, now that you know who this wonderful little lizard folk is... Well, hardly little, but... He is a tall one. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Thelthu, you wake up in your little makeshift camp that you made on the side of the road, having been traveling for about half a day already. You emerged from the woods, having no recollection of who you are, why you're here, how you ended up here or the way you are. And now it's just the open road and you. The sun has finally started to rise, so you can tell it's about early morning. And the road stretches out north, the one that you've been following for since you woke up, since you can remember, essentially. Well, as there's nothing around and traveling north already, I believe he would pack up his camp what little makeshift things there are, and give a quick blessing to the stars, thanking them for guiding his way and allowing him another day, uh, and essentially using the Vigilant Blessing feature, giving myself advantage on my next initiative roll, just in case. Nice. Because <laughs> I don't trust anything. <laughs> but yeah, that he'll, he'll do that, and then start just walking down the roads, looking until he sees, well, anything really. Looking for answers, I suppose. As one should. Yeah, you travel for about another hour-ish. No one really on the road to meet with you. But after an hour, a very small, what looks like a sort of port town, comes into view. There's some small shacks essentially set up for what you can tell are various businesses and whatnot. There's a very flimsy dock with a couple boats tied to it, but for the most part, the dock is the busiest part with people hustling and bustling, sort of get out and get onto the open sea as early as they possibly can. Otherwise, the town seems pretty dead for this time of the morning. As you approach, you see a little sign that says, Welcome to Barkaby, population 200. All right. Well, I think he's going to 
Because I'm understanding, I'm going to assume he doesn't necessarily know too much of tavern-esque type things. He's going to attempt to find someone who seems to not be busy. All right. Um, you walk through town a little bit and um, passing by the docks that are full of busy people that you definitely don't want to interrupt, especially after they give you some weird glances after seeing your new limbs. Uh, he pays them no mind about that. You come across a very small tent in the center of town, which is a very stark contrast to the run-down, neutral-colored buildings as it's this bright navy blue. And a sign sits outside that reads, Fortune Teller. He's going to think to himself for a second and say, I mean, these are thoughts, but, well, fortunes. Don't necessarily need those red, but perhaps... Perhaps they have, whoever may be inside, has answers for me. So he will, I don't know, I'm assuming there's like a tent door type, tent flap. <laughs> yes, there is a tent flap. <laughs> he will He will part the tent flap and, and peek his head in. All presumably right. say hello to someone? <laughs> yes, so as you peek in, you're met with a very, what appears to be, at least for like a little tent sitting in the middle of a dingy town, a very plush setup with a couple cushions on the ground a small card table set between them and a tabaxi woman in very plain robes sitting in front of said card table and she looks up amber eyes kind of looking at you and just goes well hello greetings can i help you um perhaps perhaps i don't require your services with foretelling the uh, stars show me enough <sighs> but do you happen to know anything about well, I suppose people like me. And she starts looking at you confused until she kind of pauses and takes in all of you and realizes what you're talking about. Ah, um, I apologize. I'm afraid I've never seen something quite like that before. Oh, that is quite all right. But if you would allow me, I know you consult the stars. I consult the spirits. Perhaps they would have more guidance as to what to do about this or where you're headed next. Nightfall is ways away, so... And then I don't mean to offend you. If you care about this town in any ways, I don't know how much answers I'll get here. So perhaps... Have a seat. All right. And he will sit. And she says, Normally at this time I would ask for... A hand to read, as I do better with palms than with cards, but in your case, I may have to make an exception. And she kind of hesitates, pulls out a deck of cards, or what you can assume to be tarot cards, and begins shuffling, holds out the deck to you and says, go ahead and give this one final shuffle, please. And I guess I'd assume he would have been watching her shuffling and he's going to do his best to replicate it as she was shuffling the cards. Alright, go ahead and make me a... I'm going to call that a sleight of hand, just to make sure that you shuffle them in the exact same way. Yeah, trying to at least just do it <laughs> quote-unquote correctly. Uh, that is going to be a 13. 13? You managed to replicate it pretty well. It's definitely not exactly the same way as she did it and it's definitely not as graceful as a couple cards fall out of the deck here and there but 
you're able to shuffle it pretty well and you pass it back to her and she lays out three cards in front of you she flips them over and you're met with three images the first one being a chalice holding a very like small amount of water seeming nearly empty the second card being a lone tree and the third being a thriving forest and she looks and says hmm interesting and she sort of touches the cards with her paws as she looks at them you've you've left a very simple life recently had a great change that has led to much confusion obviously she kind of looks up at your new limbs again but in approaching that change you've also lost your traditional sense of guidance her hand moves over to the lone tree while the stars have spoken to you before they're not providing as clear of answers in this new way and it's left you confused hoping for more the trees in the past were your guidance your protection although the stars gave you your messages and she moves her paw over to the third card in order to fully grasp what took place to cut you off from your previous clarity your messages your guidance you must seek out new trees find solace in a new forest plant new roots only then will you be able to find solace in the stars once again i think he's going to just kind of pause for a moment but is this not then a blessing he kind of gestures to his arms are not the stars still with me if they unless you claim them gone they're still with you just not in the way that you're used to the messages aren't coming through as clearly you have to relearn how to read them how to understand them with this new blessing well this was very helpful not i guess i did not know what to expect and i can only presume there is some truth in your words but well i suppose you don't know what new forts i may i must find of course not but if i can assume there's only two real forests on this land there's the star grove which it was in the direction that you came from and there's the sparkling grove across the continent perhaps it's of course i can't say exactly what the cards mean when they say seek out a new forest but perhaps giving the literal meaning a try might be worth it and i do know a friend who happens to be sailing there today if you would like passage that is all i suppose i have to go on and well i can't trust others to have information other than these spirits did you say you convene with indeed well if the stars won't well if i cannot read the stars as clearly as i once had then i suppose these spirits will have to do a friend so rule i require any sort of payment or proof that you had sent me to them can you work i 
suppose. Then he will not require you to pay him. Payment and labor will likely be enough for him. And you seem like a strong man. Well, lizard. <laughs> Strange appendages aside. She uh, leans behind her card table and pulls out what appears to be a business card. Hands it to him and says, If you pass this off to my friend, his name is Garner. Captain Garner. This will be all the proof he needs. I've helped him out of a couple pinches with my readings. Oh, I cannot thank you enough, then. Is, I mean, surely I must owe you something for this? For you, no charge, dear. It seems that the message was needed today, rather than... Well, the spirits are asking me to be generous. I'll put it that way. I see. Well, I suppose I would say may the stars bless you, but you seem to be blessed by the spirits enough. And I'll smile. <laughs> and she kind of gives a little chuckle. Well, may your stars guide you and keep you safe. And may the spirits do that for you as well. And I'll stand up and go to leave. She nods and watches you walk out. Oh, I, sorry. Before he leaves, what does that uh, captain look like? Oh, it'll be very hard to miss him. Black tabaxi. Wears a very funny hat. All right, thank you. Of course. Now he will go to leave in search of this black funny hat-wearing tabaxi. All right. And you duck back out into the um, center of the town, which is now, as you've spent a little more time in there than you realized, bustling with lo what looks like quite a few sailors getting ready to head out on the water this morning. As you follow some of their gazes, you do indeed, as you look back at the docks that you passed by on the way here, spot a very tall purple hat sitting atop the head of a black tabaxi with feathers jutting out of it of various colors. It is a very ostentatious hat and definitely looks out of place in this very gloomy town. I have to ask, how tall is the tabaxi versus how tall is the hat? So the tabaxi is pretty average size. Uh, he's maybe like 5'7". Okay. But the hat is a good six inches tall at least. So it adds a good amount okay, to okay. his height. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I, I found him, I'm going to attempt to walk over to him. As you approach, he kind of looks up and just goes... Well, hello, stranger. Haven't seen you around these parts before. No, I have come in. Um, uh, Captain Garner, I presume. That's me. Who's asking? A f friend of a friend, I suppose. Not really. Um, Thialthu, and he'll offer his hand. Uh, your friend. Oh, I suppose I didn't get her name. The one in the tent. A fortune teller. You mean Madame Paisley? Yes. She had sent me to you, saying you may... Well, I would work for passage, and I'll hand over the business card. He takes it from your hand, kind of looking you up and down, just goes, You ever been on a ship before? Not that I can recall, no. He pockets the business card and just goes, That's all right. We can always teach you. You're strong. You can lift things. Some, I suppose. I mean, depending. I may be better, better served in other ways, if you have things in need of repair, or perhaps... Uh, actually, quick question. Uh, looking around, do the ships have sails? 
or they board? They have sails. Okay. Or perhaps I could help with a, a wind. Hmm. That would be helpful. But in the meantime, while we're loading up, we'll start you with some small stuff. And he leans over and you see him pick up a bundle of fishing nets and pass them off to you. Point to the rest of his crew that are loading up a decently sized ship. Funnily enough, called the Aurora. That has what looks like stars painted on the outside of the boat. Captain Garner looks at you and says, just follow the rest of the crew to the storage area. They're all traveling in a line, basically. We got to finish getting this stuff loaded up. And as soon as we do, we're on our way. All right. Thank you again. Of course. Happy to help. He'll do as he's told. Take this bundle of rope and fish our fishing net, excuse me. And yeah. All right. You kind of help load up, like he said, he he keeps giving you lighter things, like empty buckets, bundles of rope, stuff like that to carry, knowing that you had mentioned that you're not exactly the strongest. I I will just so, just so you know, I have a, you know, whopping zero, or, you know, ten strength, so no modifier. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) After that, he very quickly sort of ushers everyone onto the boat, and... Calls everyone to sort of hoist the sails and let's go. (laughs) I don't speak boat captain. I apologize. (laughs) And with that, you set off on what turns into essentially a week-long journey at sea. Hanging out with these crew members, drinking, learning how to fish as Captain Garner kind of entails that to be the best job for you. As he kind of calls you over to the the edge of the boat, wanting to catch something fresh for dinner and just goes, all right, so the best way to do this is to tie some rope to the end of the nets and then drag it along behind the ship so that it scoops up fish. The best part is, is when you have these ropes, you can anchor them to the back of the ship, but you got to keep an eye on the net because if it gets too full, then the fish will start to break through the rope and escape. Do that and call for some help whenever there's too many fish, if it's too heavy, and you're good to go. All right, I will do my best. And so he will attempt to fish following those those guidelines. Alrighty. Give me a nature check. Okay, okay. Let's go survival instead. Sure, sure. This seems uh, like a survival skill. That is... Okay, that is a 16 plus survival, which is plus three for a 19. Nice. Yeah, you uh, manage to knot up the net, keep it dragging smoothly behind the boat. And then as soon as it gets full, you manage to, with no problems actually, hoist up a large catch of about a dozen fish. The captain kind of looks at you and just goes... Well done, my friend. Well done. What other f- skills are you hiding? He he does pause for a second. Well, I'm not sure myself. What do you mean? It is it is really no matter to worry yourself with. I will do my best to help you in return for what you're doing for me. He kind of gives you a little side eye for a minute, not necessarily sure how to take that before kind of nodding not really wanting to force you to air your business or anything. With that, he sort of says, 
Well, if you would like to help with cooking or swabbing the deck or whatever, we could use your help in those ways as well. All right. Before he walks off to tend to other boat matters. Well, I, having no good idea of any real cooking skills, uh, I think you will, you will in fact choose to swab the deck. All right, and I will have you. Menial labor. What check is that? I'm I'm trying to figure out what check to make you do. <laughs> um, that's really that's a good question. There's really no good check for menial labor. I guess I could roll a flat d20 if you want. Yeah, go straight dexterity. All right, because you have um, to keep your keep your balance yeah, while yeah. you're. That's the same as rolling a flat d20. So. Uh, okay, now 20, a crit. <laughs> nice! <laughs> the most important crit of them all. Manual labor. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so you once again surprise the crew by cleaning the deck so perfectly that it shines. <laughs> Like it never has before. Uh, And the captain, his eyes are literally twinkling. Because he's like, Thalthu, I've never seen a boat this clean in my entire life. Well, anything is is really possible with the guidance of the stars. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Yes, I I, I believe it is. And he looks at you and kind of bursts out laughing and he goes, well, hopefully in the week you're here, you'll learn a bit more of a sense of humor as well. (laughs) Perhaps. And as the week goes by, they teach you a multitude of sea shanties, introduce you to this wonderful thing called mead, (laughs) which is exclusively what they drink on this ship. And... They try as hard as possible on the third night that you sail to get you drunk off your ass. Go ahead and roll me a constitution save. All right, all right. I am in theory good at those. Um, oh, I was wrong. Just a plus two, uh, which is an eight. Oh, boy. Unless, yeah. <laughs> unless you want to treat this as, as <laughs> being poisoned. <laughs> Because then I have advantage. I mean, alcohol is technically a poison, but I don't think I'm going to give that one to you because they're not trying to kill you. They're just trying to make you... Yes, the only reason I brought it up was because the fact that alcohol is technically a poison. But yes, no, of course. (laughs) An An eight stands. Yeah, you're feeling it after maybe a glass and a half. Mm hmm, mm hmm. And by the time they get you through two, you're swaying around the already unstable ship as they try and convince you to show them your best dance moves. I mean... Like, come on, Thalthu! Uh, we haven't seen you dance before, and you've got some cool appendages that, like... What, do those... Uh, how do you do the wave with those? Uh, blessings. They're, they're blessings. Um, yes, dancing. All right. Uh, yeah, he's he'll, he'll, it's going to be bad, but he's going to try his best. Plus being drunk, plus having a minus one charisma. I'm assuming that's what you want me to, <laughs> to roll. Yes, you know, performance. I didn't mean to please. jump the gun. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's oh, a, no. it's, I'll take a picture, but it is another nat 20, minus one, nine, 19. 
That's amazing. Yeah, and you shock everyone by performing the perfect wave with your <laughs> blessings. They cheer you on, and your new nickname for the rest of the voyage is now Squid Boy. <laughs> Even though they are nothing like actual tentacles. Beautiful, beautiful. Is there anything else on the ship that you would like to explore during your journey? Anything else to explore on the ship? Actually, there is one thing. Because you mentioned there were stars painted on the side of the ship, right? Yes, there were. Okay. If able, trying to talk, ask the captain if he's available at some point about that would be something he's going, he would want to do. Yeah, you managed to catch him on like an off moment when he's kind of leaning against the side of the boat and staring off into the sea. And he looks at you and goes, oh yeah, we painted those on for good luck, because uh, I use the stars to navigate. And they give me little omens about how my journey's going to go. And so I felt that in return, it would only be fitting to honor them on the outside of the ship. This is the Aurora, after all. Of course. A beautiful story behind them. If you don't mind me asking, you've come up with that, well... They just give you omens? You haven't seen anyone else with such knowledge or gift? Not particularly, no. It's just usually if... And he kind of looks up to the sky and says, like, well, if, they, if they're dimmer than usual, or I can't see any of the constellations, then that usually means that there's stormy seas ahead, or, like, if the tree constellation is broader than any of the others that usually means calm waters for us things like that nothing crazy why well you see i for at least the most part am guided by the stars and he does look down at his <laughs> star-filled appendages well you see i've been just looking for others that also follow the stars and uh, others of Horakash as well. That's fair. Well, I'm not a particular follower of the god myself. I just appreciate his stars and the sky that he provides. Where was that temple of his that I found? Well, all the gods I know have a temple on Escargo Island, as that's the most diverse of any of the places. They make sure that everybody's catered to there. I think... That's right, that's where it was. Snakeskin Fields is the other place that his main temple is located. It's a lot easier to see the stars there, I hear. I see. This is going to be a terrible question on my part. Is that close to where we happen to be going? I will admit your, your friend, the fortune teller, had really given me only what I needed for my fortune. And what little that was was heading to the... Sparkling Grove. Well, it's not directly next to it. Quick hop on another boat across the Cernval Pass and you're right there. You just have to travel across the land first, because it's on the opposite side. I see, I see. Well, thank you. Of course. I mean, we're stopping in Rockford, which is a little town outside the Sparkling Grove for supplies. I don't know exactly what Paisley told you to do there, but whenever you're done, we circle all over. 
So if you happen to end up back in Rockford, we could always circle through the Cernval Pass and drop you off. Truthfully, I don't know what I'm doing there either, but I, I do think I must at least pay it a visit. And if I am able to catch you before you leave, then I would be honored to be allowed passage once more. Of course. I mean, we'll be there for two more days. As long as whatever you figure out what you need to do in those two days, then we'll be here for you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Anything for somebody who can swab a deck as good as you. And he kind of pats you on the back. <laughs> I mean, I'm just surprised it... Well, I, I guess I shouldn't be the stars again. Alrighty. For the remainder of your journey, for the most part, it's fairly uneventful until the last day is you sort of the captain begins pulling the boat a bit closer to land to stay closer to the coast as you're swabbing the deck as has become your permanent task <laughs> you notice another ship approaching from behind at what seems to be quite an alarming speed go ahead and make me a perception check sure sure uh, okay, that is not good. I think it's going to be a six. Let me just double check. Uh, sorry, an eight. Three plus five. Oof. All right. You look, you can't really get a good look at this ship. You notice that unlike the ship that you're on that doesn't even really have a flag, you see a black flag flying above this ship, which is very strange. You're not entirely sure what that means, but it doesn't look like the ship that you're on. Has anyone else noticed this? Or am I just the only one who seems to have at least noticed the presence of another ship? At the moment, it doesn't seem like anyone else has really noticed. Black flag. Don't know what it means. Um, I'm sure it's fine. What does he know about, about nautical life? <laughs> <laughs> he'll keep an eye on it, but like, <laughs> like he'll, he's still going to go going about his uh, task. All right. But, you know, essentially looking at it in between watching the floor that's fair and you continue on for another like five ten minutes uninterrupted and then you realize that this ship has gotten really close and by that point you see a couple people starting to run around the deck you think you see someone pick up a crossbow which no one has definitely needed that the whole time that you've been on this ship you see rick this little Kenku that's on the crew that's usually the lookout kind of look down and just go shout to everybody and just go, Pirates approaching! Pirates approaching! Oh, black flag pirates. Got it. The captain kind of runs out from his position carrying a rapier and just goes, Do you know how to fight? I trust that the stars will guide my hands at the very least. And he kind of looks at you, exasperated. I don't know that it's the time to rely on that, but stay at the back and try not to get hurt, okay? I will do my best. I mean, there are magics I could perform if you are think you need or are in need of help. We could always use some help, buddy. Fair enough. You do know more about, well, I suppose we are wasting time. Yes, and as you say that, you hear the thunk of what sounds like wood, and you see that this ship has pulled up right beside your ship, and a plank of wood has been tossed across that what looks like about 
eight pirates are using to board your ship. Oh. Uh, go ahead and roll me initiative. Please. Okay. Um. So this is going to be a weird question slash quirk. It appears that the vigilant blessing just doesn't end until it until I use it or if I use the feature again. So would I still have advantage technically? <laughs> it's a weird wording. Why not? I'll give it to you for this one. Okay. I'll I'll definitely from now on also make it a point that he probably is going to, at least while he's alone, be doing that every morning. Okay. Because it's just a, as an action, I can do this, which is kind of cool. Um, so that is either a 15 or a, okay, it's a 15, because I have no bonus to initiative. All righty. So that actually puts you first. Okay, okay. And like I said, there's about eight of them. Right. Are they on the ship currently? Or are they still on the plank? Yeah. About four of them have made their way onto the deck itself. The other four are... There's one on the plank right now. And then there's three more waiting behind with crossbows at the ready. Okay. Well... How close are the ones on the deck? So the four, so there was four on the deck, five, one on the one on the plank, three on the sh- on the other ship. So how close together are those four? I'd say they're pretty close together. Like five feet close together. <laughs> For the three in the back, yes. Oh, okay. the one on the plank would probably be about ten feet away from them. Right. It's a bit of a longer board, as he's about yeah. like halfway across. I'm sorry, and the, and the ones on our, our ship currently. And the ones on the ship currently are clustered, like, five feet apart as well. Perfect, perfect. Okay, then I'm going to cast Ice Knife at second level at, I suppose, the the centralist one. (laughs) Okay. So to start this, I make a ranged spell attack against the target. So I shall. Uh, That is a 12 plus 5 for a 17. A hit that hits okay so that is a d10 worth of piercing damage which i'm about to roll so that is 10 piercing damage beautiful and then there's there's a part two to ice knife which is fun hit or miss the shard then explodes uh and then each creature within five feet of the target that i just hit must make a deck save or take 3d6 cold damage oh it is save or suck, so there's no half, at least. Okay. And the DC is, is also 13. Alright, let's see. Well, one saves, that's a natural 18. One fails with a 5. I would say you get all three of them. They're all within. And then the third one succeeds with a 17. Okay, so one of them is about to take 3d6 cold damage. He takes 12 cold damage as Thalthu materializes a ice knife, uh, kind of, I guess, I guess in some ways kind of out of his hand, kind of from the stars within, takes aim and throws it at the center guy, hitting him, and then the fragments explode, showering the one he was able to hit with the explosion. Oh, yeah. What was the damage on the explosion again? 12. So you, with your new starry appendage, very quickly... You kind of watch as the stars from your arm almost climb up to the end of the appendage and sort of form the knife on the end of it 
with some of the star energy inside of it before it sort of detaches from it and you toss it boom right into the guy's chest very narrowly missing the heart but it's enough to cause a lot of blood to go spraying and bring him to his knees immediately and you watch as this knife explodes into icy uh shards of what seem like blue and white two of the three manage to duck out of the way unharmed but the third one is literally uh littered with shards of ice and has turned into essentially a pin cushion as he falls to the ground dead um, okay the rest of my turn is just going to be him saying you may rest now don't let the darkness take you and he's going to essentially run for cover if there is some sort of I, mean, I don't know is is there things to hide behind 30 feet away amongst the ship or is this a empty deck the deck is fairly empty, especially since you were cleaning it before, but you could hide behind the um, the mast of the ship. Yeah, I mean, he's going to attempt to take cover behind that. Awesome. Quick movement, and that'll be my turn, because I don't... Oh, I did do the order wrong, but that's fine. I should have done the bonus action first. Okay. <laughs> I could have done the um, the starry form as a bonus action. Right. I mean, did you use your bonus action? You technically still could. Technically not, but I don't really get anything right now. I don't have any other bonus action things, so I'll just do it another turn. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, cause, oh, it could have it could have been worse <laughs> in terms of damage for that poor guy. Oh, boy. anyway. All right. So you watch as some of the other crew rushes forward. Um, they manage to bring down another guy as. Rick the Kenku runs forward with a sword and the captain also rushes forward and they manage to stab through a guy at the same time who's not really sure who to guard against and the guy falls down dead at their feet but just as quickly as they've succeeded they also Rick kind of trips up the captain as they're trying to stumble back and prepare for the next wave as a couple more from the back manage to make their way onto the deck of the ship and the captain gets a nice hefty gash to his shoulder so he's looking a little hurt right now as the turn comes back to you okay so so this time i will bonus action starry form which takes one of my beast shapes or wild shapes so i'm going to use the chalice seeing as the captain has just taken a nasty wound and so I will do that, turning in, well, what is it? It's become luminous, glow, joints glimmer like stars. and glow. Yeah. So the chalice, I mean, essentially takes shape amongst his <laughs> star-filled uh, arms and legs and start glowing, which is fun. And then I think I'm going to go off and cast Healing Word on the captain. Alrighty. So it'll be a d4 plus my spellcasting mod. Oh boy, that's a one plus three from wisdom. So four healing plus chalice, which is a B8 plus wisdom. Uh, there we go. So that's nine. So ten, or excuse me, 13 HP in total, as Thalthu shouts out. Even if you don't think it, the stars do bless you in more ways than just simple omens, as he shouts those words and the healing sends off. Yeah, and. 
As you glow with this bright yellow luminescence, you watch as this energy kind of radiates off of you, almost like the light of a star, and sort of cradles the captain, and you see the wound immediately begin to close up, and it's basically gone. Cool. Uh, that's my turn. Alrighty. And with that, the captain is able to stand up and very swiftly down another one of these pirates. Rick following in his footsteps, inspired, downs another, leaving the final two to make their way over the plank and onto the deck as your turn comes up. Okay, so how many guys are left? There's four. There's the one that you injured with the ice knife. That didn't end up dying. And then there's three more that have made their way over from the other side of the ship that are unharmed. Okay. Is it possible to you to essentially throw an ice knife to have the explosion not hurt uh, Rick or the captain and still hit a decent number of them? You could definitely throw it at the back, too. Okay. And avoid hitting the captain and Rick, but they're in close combat with yeah. the other two that have now approached. So if you tried to get all of them, you would hit. Yeah, yeah, which I don't want to do. What I will do instead, I will use my the star map to cast a guiding bolt. Not as so, casting it not using a spell slot, but expending one of my feature charges. Okay. I get as many of those a day equal to my proficiency modifier, which they come back on a long rest. So I get two each day, and I'm going to use one of those to cast Guiding Bolt. Alrighty. Go ahead and cast your Guiding Bolt. Yep. yep. I'm just bringing up the text, because I am having so many tabs open for all these spells. Because <laughs> I don't know the... Oh, that's probably pretty bad. It's probably not going to hit. And I'll be hitting like one of the ones that are in the melee. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to hit with a 7. Yeah, a 7 definitely misses. <laughs> That'll be my turn. Alrighty. Ooh. Thankfully for you, the captain and Rick definitely pick up the slack, and you see another two fall. This time, the one that you injured, as well as... One of them that stayed back still has his crossbow out, and he manages to sink an arrow into Rick's shoulder. Aside from that, everyone's doing pretty okay as it comes back to you, and there's two still standing. Okay, and Rick looks okay in term besides the bolt sticking out of his shoulder. Yes, aside from <laughs> okay. that, he looks okay. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try again. Same using the feature, not a spell slot to cast. Guiding Bolt on the one who shot Rick, and that's probably going to miss. That's an 8 plus 5. 13. That actually just hits. Oh, okay. So, he takes... Wait, what? Huh. 4d6, okay. Oh, shit. I didn't think it was actually going to be that much. I knew it was a good spell. So that's 15 radiant damage. Uh, and if he's not dead, <laughs> whoever attacks him has advantage. He is gone. As yeah. this beam of white radiant light shoots from from your starry form, essentially encases him and engulfs him to the point that there is nothing left when the blinding light disappears. 
Um, and, and just for the verbal opponent, he would shout out, This is why you don't mess with those blessed by the stars, even if they do not realize it themselves. Awesome. And yeah, that'll be my turn again. And with that, the captain, kind of stunned by the lethality of your last attack, um, just kind of gazes on as Rick manages to deal the final blow on the last one standing in front of him. With his entire crew gone, you see the captain of the pirate ship very quickly kick away the boarding plank and sail the ship away. <laughs> is is it possible, as he's kicking the plank, to cast a gust on him? Okay. What are you trying to do? To to push him overboard, of course. <laughs> Alright. Um, hang on. Uh, let me look at gust really quick. One medium or smaller creature that you choose must succeed a strength saving throw or be pushed up to... Oh, I guess it's five feet away, so I guess technically it wouldn't push him overboard. Never mind. No, it it's away, not. not not in direction. That would be stronger than a cantrip. I think there's a different spell that does something like that. Maybe I don't know. Either way, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> a fun idea. But... It, it was a fun idea, a valiant effort, but um, I don't think Gust is going to. No, and and honestly, probably probably would be able to beat the, <laughs> the thirteen that I have for DC. And as the boat sails away, the crew kind of cheers, and the captain walks up to you and goes. Well, you said you didn't know how to fight. I think we've proved that's a lie. Well, just doing what the stars deemed it. They deemed it was their time. Well, and they certainly have guided you well. Now, let's have them guide you to another mug of ale, shall we? Or mead. We don't carry ale. Yeah, let us. <laughs> you do like the mead, right? I know we forced you to drink it the other night, but... It's interesting. I don't truthfully remember too too much what happened afterwards but no I, it was enjoyable <laughs> of course you don't and he sort of pats you <laughs> pats you on the back heavily and leads you down kind of into the sort of shared mess hall area as everyone pours glasses of mead in celebration as the boat approaches the port of rockford and that's where we're going to leave it for today Alrighty, wonderful. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed our fun little sea adventures with Thalthu. If you liked us, please go follow us on social media. We are Chronicles of Kriath Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And be sure to come back next week for our final prequel session introducing you to the wonderful Damien Travers. Bye!